and welcome to DaVita Leadership Insights, a weekly podcast for DaVita teammates who want to become a better leader, both personally and professionally. I'm Grace Berman, a Senior Director with DaVita University. And I'm Doug Miller, a Master Coach and DaVita University faculty member. Today we get to chat with Kapil Fashista, a Vice President in DaVita's Kidney Care Operations Lane. Welcome, Kapil. Hey, what's up, guys? Happy to be here. Super glad you're here, Kapil. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. So it's such a treat to have you on the show. And we want to talk about a topic that we get asked a lot about at Davida University. It is, it is our single most requested topic, how to deal with and manage conflict. So when we say conflict, this could range from healthy differences of opinions and things to unhealthy, deep and personal conflict that has a big impact on our relationships and our teams. And when we thought, who could we get to be a guest to talk about this on our show that has some experience, your name came up. Um, And it came up as someone who's had a lot of success in managing on both sides of this equation, the healthy conflict, but also the unhealthy. So let's start with, how do you distinguish between healthy and unhealthy conflict? Yeah, I mean, first of all, it's kind of a bummer that my name is being <laughs> thrown out there with conflict. I hope it's not a reflection on, hey, when there's Kapil, there's conflict or whatever. That's really how we chose it. We said, we want to do an episode on conflict. Who comes to mind? Kapil! Not. Well, you know, <laughs> not. That's not true. What's funny about it is, like, I, I've actually always been interested in conflict. And when I think about just growing up as a kid, a lot of my heroes and people I've idolized, they've always seemed to be kind of mired in contentious situations mm-hmm. or conflict, right? I think about yeah. like Magic Johnson and the Showtime Lakers against the Boston Celtics, right? Or I think about G.I. Joe versus Cobra or even like Mahatma Gandhi fighting the British Empire, you know? So conflict's always been something that I've been drawn to. So I'm not, I'm not surprised my name came up for this, but I just hope it doesn't <laughs> mean that people think I'm, I was bringing it with me. It does seem like if you're <laughs> up to something big, there's going to be some kind of contention or yeah. conflict around it. Yeah. And that's where I think the healthy the healthy versus unhealthy stuff comes from, right? Like conflict, I think, is great because you think about good, healthy competition. That's healthy conflict. That makes you get better. That makes your team get better. You think about driving for results, setting a goal, whether it's like a diet goal and you know, the conflict you are at, at odds with yourself and trying to get to your diet goal or your team trying to get to a certain team goal. It ultimately leads to like the right solution. And so you know, conflict is good. And I I think you're right. Like conflict is where you see a lot of people get involved in it because it leads to something good. I never thought of that moment in front of my refrigerator as a conflict (laughs) moment, but I like it. I like it. That is a conflict moment. It does make a lot of sense. Oh yeah. I lose that conflict all the time, (laughs) especially at night. And then then there's unhealthy conflict, right? Like, I mean, road rage, that's unhealthy conflict. There's, Mm -hmm. you get this vicious cycle at times with people where you're in an argument and you're just going around in circles and circles. And, you know, I call that wasted energy. And and to Mm -hmm. me, the faster you can decide whether the situation you're in is a a healthy conflict situation, it's going to lead to something good or better, or if it's unhealthy, kind of wasted energy, you know, the faster you can get that decision, the better. So let's drill down a little bit more into the definition of conflict and kind of how you can tell whether or not you personally, Kapil, are in a conflict situation. How do you how do you make that determination? Oh, man. I mean, I feel it right off the bat. Um, my body tenses up. My top, my jaw gets tight. Um, I almost like see explosions in my head. <laughs> and, 
You know, as as a leader, it gets tougher because when you're a toddler and you feel that conflict, like I have a two and a half year old <laughs> and she, when there's conflict there, she just starts crying, right? She dropped her ice cream. She gets in a fight with her older brother and you can do that as a toddler. You can scream. And, you know, when I was a teenager, I was more of a rebel and I would always fight authority. And let's just say I was never like student of the month <laughs> in my school. I was always kind of in that sort of tension. And you can do that when you're an individual and you're trying to express yourself. But, you know, as a leader, expressing yourself or letting people know that you got explosions going off in your head or showing that sort of tightness, it gets a lot more challenging. So I do feel it right off the bat, mm-hmm. but I've learned over time not to like let that sort of show on my face. Yeah, that's a good point how you're saying that you have this initial reaction, right? And then you've learned over the years to kind of manage that. And that's something that we talk about a lot at Divina University. We refer to this initial reaction as your fight or flight response, right? So when you're triggered by something or if you're in a situation that's charged somehow emotionally, then you you can get emotionally hijacked and you can go to that survival instinct of fight or flight. And that's when we feel unsafe. We we go to one end or the other. We can we can either completely avoid the conflict and say it doesn't exist, I'm not going to engage, and you just walk away and don't deal with it, or you could be really aggressive and confront the issue. So um, where do you feel like your natural uh, reaction, the one you've learned to manage, where did you naturally go to kind of the fight or the flight? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I range. And so especially when there's situations where there's that wasted energy we talked about, the unhealthy stuff, I will kind of quickly go to a fight or flight fighting. I'll feel aggressive. I'll feel like I have a moral high ground. I just want to get done with this. Um, if if it's wasted energy and I feel like I'm on an island or there's like a coalition or something around me, I'll just evade it. I'll just try to escape that. But often where I want to lean in is is more on the, you know, the healthy conflict. And that's where I try to keep a good balance. And And that's because as a leader, everybody's watching what you do. And there's huge implications when you're very far on the fight versus flight aspect, because you're starting to model the way in a way that the rest of your team is going to start to say, hey, I, I saw Kapil deal with conflict in this way. He got super aggressive and started yelling or screaming. Or I saw Kapil when there was a, a big conflict, he just kind of shut his mouth and just walked away. And those implications are huge because when you're a leader of you know many people, they start to follow the way that you modeled it. And so Mm. I try to stay on balance when we're talking about healthy conflict, making sure that I know that everybody's watching the way I'm dealing with it. It becomes a defining moment and and my character and my leadership. And I want to make sure I try to stay as as close to the balance there as possible. But I'd be lying if I say I didn't find myself on on the range as many times. And in that moment, when you're in that reaction and the body is reacting the way that your body reacts, what is your way out of that? How do you manage that intensity effectively? Yeah, I, I guess I've learned over time just how to cope with it personally. So I'll, I'll, I'll find a way to like stretch <laughs> or uh, a way to breathe a little bit. Um, when you're in a live meeting and there's you're reacting very quickly, I'll try to give people an escape hatch. I'll either bring humor into it so it lightens the situation, help people realize just how insignificant the conflict we're in versus everything else we're dealing with in our lives. Uh, so looking for coping mechanism for, for me personally or some sort of escape hatch to, to let the, the pressure out of the tires in the conversation with others. 
is is ten is how I tend to deal with that. Cool. So that's you managing yourself and kind of your own reactivity. Is there any move that you make in the relationship to help move that forward or to refocus things when that emotional intensity is showing up? Yeah, I'm I'm best one on one with those things. I think what I found is when there's that sort of high level of conflict and you're in a team meeting, I've learned that there's more ego at play in those mm-hmm. conversations. And so if I find it getting to an escalation point, I've learned I've been most successful when I I basically just say, hey, let's take a let's take a minute or let's take a beat and try to connect with that person one on one. And I use a lot of my established relationship or ability to connect with somebody. And that's much more effective on a one on one basis. I found when I've been in that situation with a team uh, where there's more teammates involved or other people involved, people start to act funny because they're worried about how they're coming across to others, their posture changes, their willingness to relent or agree becomes a lot higher. And so that becomes a little bit more challenging. Let's jump into one of those examples that you're talking about. You you gave a few strategies of what you've used in those times. Could you please share a personal or professional example of when you've had to manage a conflict, maybe a time when you felt you managed it well, or maybe a time when you felt you didn't manage it well, and what did you learn from it? Yeah, sure. I, I can do both. Um, and this might be a little bit personal, but I and it sounds weird to say this, but I think I learned a lot about how to, how to manage conflict from my dad. Hmm. Um, and so just a little bit background, um, you know, my dad kind of grew up with nothing in the villages of India. And so I, I'm a first gener- generation uh, immigrant here. And, you know, he tended to prioritize a lot of um, just working hard and his career over spending time with me or activities or things that I was involved in school. And, you know, that kind of built up some underlying resentment I mean, to the point of almost any time he would offer me help or guidance or just even normal parenting, I would find reasons to not agree. I made uh, it really hard on yeah. him. Um, and even if it was just obvious stuff, right? Like when he was teaching me how to drive a car or, you know, stuff. <laughs> that must have been challenging for him. Can you imagine like... <laughs> being in the car with a 16-year-old dealing with somebody yeah. just unwilling to agree with you about how to use an indicator? Or <laughs> I will <laughs> looking... not use that turn signal. Thank you. No, I refuse to look over my shoulder. I mean, it was like oh, nonsense, man. stuff like that. But you know, there was a lot of emotion and pent up resentment that led me to lead to every conversation having some sort of resentment. And that I would I would always come away feeling horrible. And we would have these debriefs around how did we end up in this situation around something very simple, like looking over your shoulder and why that's a good idea. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I always felt bad, like going sideways around that. And so, you know, my dad always had this phrase. Um, and, I, you know, when he used to say it, I used to always push back on it. But now... I use this a lot. He used to always say, listen, Capel, you have to learn how to just take the heat. When I'm telling you something, hmm. just take the heat, listen to it, decide for yourself whether this is going to be unhealthy, you know, wasted energy, or is this like healthy conflict? Is this something that you should do that's going to make you better? And I've learned that over time. And over time, I've gotten a lot better around, you know, our conversations. And, and I mean, he's now next to my wife, the best relationship I have. I, mm. I talk to my dad oh. two to three times a week just as, my, as I'm driving into the office. And a lot of that has just been my ability to kind of overcome a lot of the challenges we had early in our relationship and managing that conflict. And that's a lot. The taking the heat um, you know, story that he's taught me is a lot of what I, what I bring to other contentious situations. So taking the heat, if I'm hearing you correctly, is really just pausing and actually letting whatever is sit for a minute and consider the truth of it or the 
the the the benefit that you might gain from it versus just instantly pushing back against it. Yes, is that I, is that what you're talking about here? That, that's right. I mean, what what my dad meant and what I've learned is to master staying in that balance of the fight versus flight that you talked about, Grace. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And as a leader, that's so important. And I've just learned over time how just you know take the heat, take a minute, understand where where you where you are in that range. And it's been incredibly impactful for me in managing conflict. Yeah, sometimes I think that when we're triggered, this uh, phrase "emotional hijack" happens. Uh, you know, comes to mind. And part of what I hear you saying would be described neurologically is taking a moment to move from that reptilian reactive fight or flight part of your brain up into your frontal cortex and your executive functioning and be able to actually do something and let that inform your behavior and your in what you're about to say. Yeah, my takeaway there is you're calling me a reptile. <laughs> <laughs> I, that was my takeaway I as well. I didn't want to say anything. Shake, I'm just, yeah. you know. <laughs> I, that was a great example, I think, of how I, a bit of both, you know, a time times where you didn't manage the conflict well earlier on when you were in conflict about how to drive a vehicle properly, which <laughs> sounds terrifying to me now that uh, I'm a parent. I'm a little worried about teaching my own children. And and then you also described how you got better at it, right? You got better at what you learned from the conflict and were able to, to, to grow from that. So can you share maybe a professional example of when this might have happened and how you handled a conflict situation there? Sure. And look, I'm a work in progress. I don't get this right, you know, more than half the time. So uh, I make mistakes. I'll, I'll give an example. A recent example, actually, was when we were working on a very big project. I had my team involved, and there were other stake, stakeholders, other leaders in the in the company kind of involved in it. And I guess one of my big learnings here was I thought I was very clear in my intent. I had the right solution. I was on my moral high ground. And so I was coming in pretty hard on, hey, I think we got to do X, Y, and Z to move this project forward. This other leader, they had, they felt they had the right intent, and you know, they moved very hard and heavy on. No, I actually think it's A, B, and C, and we were at a total standstill, mm-hmm. like total standstill. You got other people sitting in the room on the phone listening to two leaders who are clearly like at very opposite ends of the table. Uh, what was their body language like? Oh, I mean, everyone's looking down. Nobody, <laughs> no, everybody wants harmony. They don't want right. two leaders. Mm. You know, it's kind of what one of, my, one of my bosses once said. You know, when the when the elephants fight, the mice get trampled on. <laughs> it's a situation <laughs> nobody likes. And you know, I, I think the mistake I made in that situation is I I, I questioned this leader's intent, and I, I did it from a point like, hey, my intent for this project is is this, and so this is why I think this is the right solution. And I question where where you're coming at because that's obviously a different place where than what we're trying to do with this project. And I think what I learned from that experience, you know, ultimately what happened was the you know, emotions ran high. This person felt uh, that that you know that, that they were being questioned on their overall intent and the the reason why they were bringing something there in front of their team. And it got quite emotional and it really spun totally out of control. And I think the learning for me there is if you're feeling like your intent is not aligned with somebody else. It's not the right place to do it in a, in a place where there's a lot of other people involved. And going back to what I said earlier, pull them aside, do it one-on-one, make sure that you have that conversation in a more safe environment so that there's not the sense of like ego and other people involved and they're feeling like, hey, am I being questioned in front of you know, other people that you know, roll up to me? And so and that, that was a bad situation. You know, ultimately, I don't think our relationships ever kind of fully come back from that. I think we've 
continue to try to build on on trust and other you know other at bats together on different things working together on different things but you know that's just an example where it just took a great relationship and totally tore it apart because i don't think i was very smart about how to make sure our intents were aligned in a very safe place and doing it in front of several others was not a good idea and kapil how did that end up turning out how did the story end with this conflict yeah ultimately um we didn't agree to it but i did call that leader um, you know, within a couple hours of that meeting, just one-on-one. Uh, it was pretty interesting how emotionally raw the leader was. They felt totally betrayed, emotional, that, you know, I would question their intent, particularly in front of people that, you know, that were on their team and that, that was hurtful to him. And so, um, you know, I think we were able to get aligned intent on the call, but I think my big learning there was what I had put this person through by questioning their intent in front of others. I actually escalated the conflict instead of trying to get it to a more healthy resolution. So I think we're at that time. We, uh, Kapil, we ask each of our guests to share a tip with the audience, somewhat, something that they can go out and they can put to use in their life and try out uh, fairly quickly. What would be your tip for our, for our listeners? Yeah, I mean, hopefully people could take away what I learned from my dad. You know, take the heat. Uh, it sounds kind of cliche. But take the heat, take a beat, listen to what that person is saying. Don't react immediately and decide, is this going to be healthy conflict and lead to something great, or is this going to be wasted energy? So I, I would leave people with that, t- with that tip just to take the heat. Excellent. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kapil. Thanks, guys. That was an enlightening chat with Kapil. I loved it. Um, always interesting to hear how others handle conflict and their tips for moving through it. Yeah, and I... I like how he made the conversation unintimidating for us to talk about conflict because a lot of times people get uncomfortable talking about conflict. He's perfectly comfortable. And I, and I have to tell you, I am right now teaching my son how to drive. So it's, it's you know. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I, I, you know, that tip he had is actually a great tip for me, but I'm going to challenge all of our listeners to go do this as well. Take the heat and sit in the discomfort before responding. So that's what I'm going to do the next time my son doesn't turn on the turn signal. <laughs> what do you think conflict with you? In the heat yeah, there and you go. do that. So, hey, and if you want to learn more about this topic, it's, it is one of our most requested topics. Um, you open up Star Learning if you're a DaVita teammate. Open up Star Learning and type in managing conflict. And there's a playlist that'll show up that has some videos, some job aid. It's It's got a bunch of material in there as well as a, a webinar that's offered from time to time. So check that out and learn more about managing conflict. All right. Well, thanks, Doug, for that. And yeah, I think those resources are are super helpful and hopefully our teammates will get a chance to check them out. And uh, speaking of Kapil's tip and and great tips, it's my turn to follow up on the great tips we received during our last episode on the power of regular one-on-one check-ins with Dora and Amanda. Their tips were to create calendar appointments for one-on-one meetings and also to lead with the heart. So really just treat the other person as a person, as a human being, and really connect with them uh, on a personal level. So how did it go, Grace? It went great. I really do believe in these regular one-on-one check-ins myself. I hold mine every two weeks with my direct reports. I 
completely agree with Dora's tip on the Outlook calendar appointments. I schedule important things I don't want to miss. And these one-on-ones definitely fall into that category. I also liked Amanda's tip on really leading with the heart and being intentional on connecting as, as a human being. And this one was a cool one that I, I hadn't tried where I thought about how would I talk to a friend, right? Right. Even though this was someone who I'm working with, this is a teammate, this isn't my friend outside of work, but thinking about this person as a, a personal friend, I think it made a difference in a recent one-on-one that I had. It, it put me in the mindset of connecting with another human being that I cared about rather than solely focusing on a specific task or ask. And I really think it moved our relationship forward just by giving this teammate the space to share what's going on in their life and then how I can best support them through this time. It was very helpful. The power of human relationship, just getting getting there. It's awesome. Thank you yeah. so much for sharing that, Grace. And for our listeners, we would love to hear your stories and tips as well. Please check out our show notes and click on that listener mail link to find out more about submitting your stories and tips in writing or through a voice message. And, you know, I'm realizing, Grace, we say this at the end of every episode, and I just want to say, I know there are some of you who, when you hear it, think about actually doing it, and I'm going <laughs> to encourage you to actually now go do it. That's right. Like, just go do it. What is it? Like, just what is the thing? click on that link and share it with us, because um, you have so much to offer, It's and, and, and we all can learn from each other. So, and if you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, please do go over and hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our future episodes. All right. And one last thing for our listeners, Doug, if you enjoy these podcasts, please rate us on iTunes or click on the survey link in our show notes so we know how we're doing. See you next week. One for all. And all for one.